Hey, how's it going? It's your man, Christopher the Rupal. And if you're hearing this, you're probably like, oh, wait, why is there a weird intro here? Well, uh, before Drunken Book Club became what it is now, where we get drunk, talk about kids' books, and other such things, the original Drunken Book Club was this style and format, where I used to read, like, almost, like, five books, like, three to five books in a month. And I wanted to talk about them, but I was very... What's the word? Uh, shy? Didn't think I was like smart enough to actually talk about these books without getting drunk first and having a jovial time about it. So this is where the this incarnation of Drunken Book Club is. There's about a couple handfuls of the handful uh, of these episodes. I think they're fun. I did not want to get rid of them when we became Drunken Book Club. Uh, originally speaking of which, um, so here it is enjoy and these are the new socials dbc underscore pod for the twitter account and our new patreon is patreon.com slash drunken book club think about supporting us it it may uh improve further stuff yada 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 okay uh bye Hello and welcome to Drunken Book Club Volume 7. I'm your host, Christopher the Rupal, as usual. Uh, I am here to talk about the books I read this month, along with the drinks I drank today, to talk about these books and get the courage to talk about them. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Strawberry Cream Vodka Drink that I made. I, I uh, th Yeah, that's my drink for the today is a vanilla... It's a strawberry cream soda with vanilla vodka as the cream substitute. It's sweet, it's tasty, it makes you go, mmm, good stuff. So on this episode, I'm going to be talking about some books that may have spoilers for you, if you care, big old if you care. Today I'm going to be talking about Masters of Doom, Stephen King's The Stand, the complete all, all six volumes of Scott Pilgrim, and a special book called Side Scrollers. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, wow, that's a, I thought you weren't going to be reviewing your comic books anymore. Well, you'll, pro you'll find out soon why I had to kind of change that rule for myself this week, or this month, month, quote unquote. I, I did need to record this one a little bit later because we have so I have so much content recorded right now because of this whole because of the whole quarantine and me losing my job or being laid off it's it's whatever um I just want to talk about the books I've read including the comics and more or less where we're going from here kind of thing you know so let's start off with Masters of Doom I don't have my copy of it with me at the moment I don't know where I put it. I hate to say that, or else I would be saying who wrote it. But look it up. It's a pretty good book. It's it's literally just the. It's a book pretty much detailing the people who created the company ID, the video games Wolfenstein and Doom, Doom Tube and Doom Tube, Doom Two and Quake, and kind of their journey of how they got there and where they were at the point of this book being written. This was written before Doom 3 came out, which almost makes me kind of want to see how everything went post-Doom 
uh, post uh, or from Doom Three onwards, honestly, because I feel like there could be some really interesting things there. But this book does stop at a pretty good point. It stops at a kind of a low point for everybody, you know, or even you could even say it's a kind of a a medium point because you know the book starts off low. You know, it's 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 about John Romita, not John Romita, John Carmack and John Romero. John Romita is a comic book artist from the from like the gold from the Silver Age if I'm not if I'm not mistaken maybe the Bronze Age I think he did work during those two ages, but um <laughs> but no it's it's about John Romero John Carmack you know the big two of id Software creating their masterpiece Doom and kind of their you know how everything went from pre Doom to post Doom because it it really is a story that has like the hero's journey to the oh we're not friends anymore and it kind of just dropping at that point of well we have our own lives now don't we it, it's a non-fiction book so it's, it is not a like fictionalized retelling or anything like that it is a fictional book it really makes you think a bit because it's it's kind of dark in that sad way like it starts off, you know, them not having really good lives. You know, John Romero never really got to know his father, and his stepfather was kind of a dickhead who would beat him. And then eventually him being like, fuck this, I'm going to make the money out of, because of video games, you know. And him kind of proving them wrong and then, you know, kind of blowing them off. And then you have John Carmack, who had a, you know, not a very good emotional kind of development, I feel like. I feel like he's... He's not, he's kind of a fucking robot, is the nicest way of putting it. But, you know, it, it's a very interesting journey into how they made the games and kind of how they, how this budding friendship between two people, uh, actually it's more of like a group of five if I remember correctly, kind of joined together to make these masterpieces. Because each game they created, you know, it just kept getting better and better each time. Yeah, some would question Quake, not so much. It, it, it's kind of how your view of it was, because it's kind of a, it's if you go back and play Quake, it's kind of a mixed bag of chips there, like some good ones, some kind of meh ones, you know. Like there's some barbecue chips in there, but then there's some good jalapeno chips. But then you go back and you're like, oh, some low fat chips and more barbecue and more. I'm trying to think of like bad taste. No, I like veggie sticks. I was gonna say veggie sticks, but I like those actually. <laughs> I don't like barbecue chips for what it's worth. Oh, you know what it is? It's there's some levels that are those pizza Pringles where you're like, I like them from memory, but then you do it again and you're just like, oh, these aren't that good. <laughs> but yeah, I recommend Masters of Doom if you're interested in seeing kind of the creative process behind what they did to make doom you know it's a very it's, it's a very good book um i'm gonna be reading another one of his books not anytime soon but i will definitely be picking up another one i think it's called snatched and it's about the creative process behind the gta games and that one's got me pretty interested just because well i've always enjoyed the gta games and kind of want to see how these british motherfuckers were able to make such a big franchise you know <laughs> So we'll see, we'll see how that one goes. But Masters of Doom, I definitely recommend if you're a fan of Doom or kind of like a fan of history or nonfiction books, especially video game ones. I definitely recommend this one to like, just, just in general. It's just a good book. Good book.
It's a good book. It's so good, I give it a thumbs up. That's what I give it. I don't know. Th thanks, old man, Rupal. No problem, Chris. I hope you know, I ain't got no teeth. I don't know who that was. I'm drunk. It's, it's like barely 12 and I'm drunk. I have not resorted to today drinking it. This is my first alcoholic drink since I've got laid off. So it's been it's been almost two weeks since I was it, actually it, this is literally the second week. This this is the beginning of the second week, or no no this is the end of the second week of me being without a job. Um and so far I've I think I've taken it pretty well. I've cleaned a lot. I've actually started a new campaign, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition campaign that I'm hoping I can get everybody interested in. Even though I do have a Starfinder campaign that I want to finish up before that. I, I really want to play the Pathfinder 2nd Edition though so bad. It's so good. Like it makes me look at 5th Edition and be like, that's baby stuff. Or makes me go, you know how I would how I would compare D and D Fifth Edition to Pathfinder Second Edition, where D and D Fifth Edition it's really good. It's it's a good system. It's like the Fallout Three. It's the one that got people back into everything and made you go, "Wow, this is really flipping good." But then Pathfinder Second Edition is kind of like Fallout New Vegas. It's the more mature. It's the better version of what we should be playing, and actually feels rewarding. You know, not to just the DM, but for everybody. Think about that for a second. Gamers. The opinions of Christopher Rubel are strictly of drunk Chris, possibly of sober Chris. I don't know yet because I just came up with that metaphor and it's pretty good. So the next book I read was Stephen King's The Stand. And I'm just going to say it up front. I did not finish this book. I only made it to chapter 37. That's page 324 of my copy at least. Um, so I only made it about a quarter a quarter of the way through my book and it's not because I didn't like it I really was enjoying the stand I won't lie it's just I'm having a hard time focusing on it because of kind of the whole everything that's been going on <laughs> that's the nicest way of putting it this it's it's hard to focus on something like this when I don't know. I don't even know how to really say it. It's just with the whole pandemic going on, you know, a lot of us having to be quarantined. I, you know, just today, you know, Sam, Juan, they both finally don't have to be in the office 24-7, you know, not 24-7, but all for their full 40 hours a week kind of jobs. They're finally working from home or being pandemic, you know. Um, Sam is working from home while Juan, I think he's just off it you know but i don't know i can't confirm that and you know he'll probably let us know next time we meet up we're trying to we are trying to practice the whole social distancing thing we're trying to make sure that this doesn't get worse than what it is you know this is a scary time and i feel like a lot of people you know and i feel like a lot of people will laugh at you know stephen king's tweet of of the the, the coronavirus is nothing like the super flu but then when you read the book you're like it's kind of a lot like it Steven like I hate to admit it but you know the reason for a lot of people dying is because they're so clogged up and can't breathe if and you know from the book and I'm pretty positive that's what's happening with a lot of people 
with the coronavirus. It's not because they're throwing up so much or anything like that. It's just because they're so congested. It's because of pneumonia. They have so much fluid in their lungs that they can't breathe, you know. And that's kind of what the super flu is kind of like in the stand. Um, I'm just going to say this book... It's pretty good for what it's worth. I might return to it once this whole pandemic's over and kind of look back and laugh. I hope. I hope I'm able to do that. It's it's just, I can't continue on with this book because of, just because it's so grim. It's, kind of, it's not even just because it's so grim. It's just so kind of heartbreaking, you know, this idea that we're living in kind of a really shit world at the moment. That's kind of like this book, you know? Like, we haven't gotten to the point where we're under martial law or anything, where they're literally shooting people, you know, if they're trying to escape. We're not in that point, you know? We're not in that point where, you know, we're abducting the people who were the first people who got it and trying to find people who were, you know, immune to it and shit. We're not at that point or anything like that. But at the same time, it's just the whole concept of, like, all the people who are dying and stuff in this... And then kind of looking at the world and being like, holy shit, you know? It's kind of scary. It's a, it's a scary prospect, you know? It really does make you, your mind run, you know? And, you know, I recommend The Stand if you're kind of looking for something that's kind of like the modern day right now. <laughs> like, it's scary how, how much it kind of is, you know? And, and that's only up to, like, 328 pages or whatever I said of, like, where I've got to. Like... I, I liked what I read, but at the same time, I am kind of getting tired of Stephen King's overly long explanations of everything and going into detail about stuff that doesn't fucking matter. Like, yeah, it's cool that you can... Like, yeah, the stuff that doesn't matter, he writes really well, but at the same time, it makes you go, can we continue on with this? Or what? what's, what's going on here, man? Are, are we going to do something different here? Are we gonna pull our thumbs out of our asses or what? You know, come on. Let's let's just think for a second and just like not fuck around. Like it's a good book, but I can this is kind of one of those things of like, I prefer Stephen King books that are less than a thousand pages for a reason. And yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what, what I gotta say about the stand. I, I enjoyed what I read. I might read it once this whole kind of thing is kind of blown over. This is one of the like fan favorites of Stephen King books, but unfortunately because of timing, I can't really give it the proper respect it deserves. So, sorry. So, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of funny that I, like, kind of judge the, judge the stand like that. Because I am currently re uh, reading, playing Resident Evil 6. And, you know, that's kind of taking up the whole fact that, oh, pandemic of zombies or mutated virus creatures. Because it's Resident Evil fucking 6. Like, I'm finally playing that one in. Like, it's funny, I can play through that easier than I can read through The Stand. I guess that's kind of just how my mind works. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. So, the next thing I read... Well, t technically, I read some comics. And this is why I'm going to talk about Scott Pilgrim and the, gra the graphic novel side-scrollers. Because I read these while reading The Stand. Because I kind of needed breaks between, you know, the very depressing book that I was reading with something a little more fun is what I would say like I wouldn't say happier first especially for Scott Pilgrim did I say Steven Universe I think I said Steven Universe Scott Pilgrim 
and like for what it's worth i really like and another thing was was i was actually picking up all the colored editions of the scott pilgrim books before i had lost my job and the good thing was i actually was able to get them all before i got laid off and before the whole coronavirus pretty much prevented a lot of things from being delivered in a timely manner so i was able to pick up all of those and was actually able to give away my uh, black and white editions to a friend galexa Thank you again, Alexa. I shout. I gave you a shout out last. I think. Oh god, I can't remember which ones ago. It was a couple of. I think it was three, four episodes ago. I gave a shout out because I gave you those ones. But thank you again for taking those off my hands because now I have room for that and some other books up on my shelf. Uh, but yeah, Scott Pilgrim. If you haven't read it, why are you even listening to this? It's one of the best flipping series. Period. It's. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. It's it's one of those series that it's like you need to go out on your own and like read it or watch it or whatever, you know. Like the movie, yeah, the movie's great and all, but the books blow it out of the water. Like and like it's funny because like when I watched the movie, I was maybe three volumes in. I think like, I, I'm I'm going off of memory here and I can't like I rem I'm pretty positive. I was reading the comic before the movie came out, but only because I saw the trailer and was like, I need to read this. Like, I think, no, I think I was up to volume five because I think the last volume didn't come out until after the movie came out. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember. Or it came out pretty damn close to, you know? Volume, like, the comic is so much different from the movie because they're able to put in so much detail. It's kind of like looking at the, you know, a book adaption, you know, between the two. Scott Pilgrim is just one of those ones that you really should read the comic after watching if you really like the movie because they it just improves on so many things answers a lot of questions makes you go wow they really went in depth with these characters and Scott is not a cool character like that's that's the difference between the movie and the books the movie makes you feel like Scott is a badass cool guy that yeah he's he's flawed but he's not as flawed as in the books. Like, he is way worse in the books than he is in the movie. But, you know, we only have, like, what, an hour and a half or whatever, how long the movie was, versus, you know, six volumes of a graphic novel to go into why, you know, that kind of shit kind of went on. But I would definitely say it's worth reading if you have it. Like, if, if the movie back in 2010... Didn't convince you, you know, 10 years ago to go watch Steve, Steven Universe, to go read Scott Pilgrim, then I'm not going to be the person who's going to make you go, oh, wow, maybe I should read him. But I will definitely say everybody gets way, like, everyone pretty much gets way more, like, everybody is very well characterized, it's very well put together, you know, it's a very well written comic. Graphic novel, comic, whatever you want to fucking call it. They're the same goddamn thing. I don't fucking care what people say. A comic is a graphic novel, but not all graphic novels are comics. I don't know. <laughs> is this squares or is this rectangles? Help me, mama. Help me. I'm sad and lonely. I don't know what to do. So, I'm going to kind of wrap things up with the graphic novel Side Scrollers, released by Oni Press. And this came out... A, almost like around the same time as like Scott Pilgrim volume uh, I think the last couple volumes actually because it came out in 2008 and this was one that I was like kind of like going I kind of want to reread this and see if it's as 
dumb or good as I remember, you know? Or see if it was worse than I remember. Because I remembered it being pretty damn funny and pretty entertaining. And upon rereading it, it is a very fun, entertaining book. That kind of, kind of with the age we're in is kind of flawed. Like, you kind of read it and you're just like, wow, these guys are not that, like, these guys would now be, nowadays be kind of more dickheadish. Is kind of what I was thinking, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to think like how to how to put it together with side scrollers. Side scrollers is like a less smart, more video gamed up version of Scott Pilgrim with a lot less like over the topness. It's more it's built in reality versus how Scott Pilgrim is built in this false Canada that we put it in. <laughs> That's the best way I can explain Scott Pilgrim, is it's in a false Canada. <laughs> but, without a doubt, like, Side Scrollers is definitely worth a read. If one, like, it's a, it's a great book if you're, like, ages 13 to 20. This is a fan-fucking-tastic book to read. It, it's kind of almost a power fantasy of, like, the whole nerd genre. Without them actually being actually badass, you know? It's not Resident Evil nerd fantasy or anything like that you know it's not final fantasy or not final fantasy but Dungeons and dragons where you're making these badass characters or stuff like that you know it's not this rage-fueled fantasy it's just about seeing these very relatable characters kind of just living out a day of their life that's kind of bizarre and kind of weird yeah that's that's the best way i would put it it's a good fun young adult book that I recommend to those who kind of just want something simple to read, especially on like a sunny afternoon and you're just like, I don't really feel like playing Animal Crossing or Doom or whatever, and just kind of want to do something different, you know, I just want to read. And it's a great one just because that's kind of how it was for me. I was actually, I, I read it a little bit and I was like, okay, I need to clean underneath the couches. And, you know, I did that thing and I was like, you know what, I really want to finish reading it after... After I'm done cleaning things, you know, because it's just a it's a very fun book. And even though I I will criticize it of being kind of a weird nerd fantasy, it's still a fun one, you know, like props to them, you know, props to them making me go, especially this book from 2008 that made me go, this could possibly be worse than what it is from memory, because, you know, 2008 versus now. It's, it's kind of a big fucking difference. Like, look at, you know, it's not even just the difference of memes, but, like, just the difference of culture and everything around us. It's 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 kind of blown over, you know, when you really think about it. You know, the whole nerd genre, the whole power fantasy kind of, th of thing that we've kind of gone through in and out of everything has drastically changed from being, you know... Like, it, think about it like this, you know. Deadpool is definitely a nerd's... A, a great power fantasy for the modern day because he's a he's literally one of those people who's like i'm not like not literally like this he's one of those guys who's like i'm actually a good guy but i'm kind of a badass you know who treats people with respect and stuff like that he's one of those kind of power fantasies versus like the frank miller perspective of power fantasy of like i'm dark and brooding and i'm misogynistic you know, Deadpool allows us to be who we are versus how, you know, other power fantasies mean you go, oh no, that's bad. Well, thank you for joining me for Volume 7 of Drunken Book Club. 
I'm your host, Christopher the Rupal. You can follow me at the underscore Rupal on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow the podcast on, speaking of which podcast, on on fa- Facebook and at SOW underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, make sure to follow the Twitter one. That's the one that's more fun. Um, make sure to follow my partner, Sam, at Berserker Rose on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Weiss on at Force Left Hander on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And make sure to follow at Voice of J Rod, my best buddy, John, John Rodriguez. Oh man, Juan Rodriguez. I'm not his mother, I do not call him John. <laughs> uh, follow my buddy, J Rod, at Voice of J Rod, at Twitter and Instagram, and VOG, VOG. Voice of JRovo.com. There we go. JRovo.com. I, I hope I got that right. Man, I'm terrible with that stuff when I'm drunk and I'm even worse when I'm sober. You know, but hey, thanks for listening. I have no clue what I'm going to reading be reading next. Hopefully those tweeting birds weren't too annoying. My neighbor was actually quiet. My upstairs neighbor was actually quiet, so he wasn't a pain in the ass. You know, it's funny. Last night, I had to add, we had a knock on the door, and I was like, who the fuck is that? Like, it freaked us the fuck out, because it was, like, almost 11 o'clock at night, and we were ready. Me and Sam were already in bed, and, like, I put on some shorts, and I'm like, who is this person? Like, I can't, you know, one, I'm not wearing my glasses, and two, I just don't know who it is. And I was like, I, I'm not opening the door. I'm sorry. And, like... Then, like, eventually I open the door because I'm, like, I'm locking the... Because for some reason... Oh, yeah, no, there's no reason why we don't. It's just because the lock has been kind of funky with the the screen door. We always lock the wooden door. But, like, our screen door is kind of, like, funky. Like, we try not to lock it because it, it, we can get locked inside if we're not careful. But, what's it called? Like, I just decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to lock that if they try to knock on our door again. And they open the door and I close the door at the same time. And then I reopen it and I was like hey what's up you know were you the one knocking and she's like yeah you know could you turn down your anime music and i'm like oh that's not us that's our upstairs neighbor and she's like wait are you for real i'm like yeah like and then sam came up and was like yeah he does that every now and then he's like freaking deaf or something well actually he he's he is hard of hearing because he does have hearing aids as i've listened in he's so fucking loud yesterday i learned that he was as of recording this on April Fool's Day, uh, yesterday I heard him talking on the phone, talking about like hearing his hearing aids or something. And I was just like, "Oh, that explains why he listens to this shit so fucking loud." But um, it still doesn't give him any fucking right to do it. Like, I'm pretty sure people with hearing aids can still use headphones, like over-the-ear headphones, right? Someone correct me on that one. I need to know. I'm actually very interested in knowing because I'm actually been contemplating being like here's some headphones put these on at night i don't want to hear your fucking shit because god damn is it annoying like there's no reason to be listening to music that loud at any like at any point you know and it doesn't help that he has his fucking window open so everyone can fucking hear it outside and inside it's crazy that he doesn't think people can't hear it so, you know she kind of gave us the oh i might call security tomorrow night you know and i'm like cool on you we've never called security because we totally forgot about it because we've been living at these apartments for quite some time and we've never had to call security before so it's one of those things that you kind of forget about (laughs) but yeah then like 
it got really bad at one point. Like, it was, like, past 11. I was just like, alright, I'm fucking tired of this. And I got the broom and fucking tapped that fucking roof. Or tapped our ceiling, his floor. And he turned, he fucking turned that shit off. Or put on fucking headphones, finally. And, like, I, I just went... I kind of, like, silently went to myself, oh my god, he actually has headphones. Maybe he should be fucking using them. And then it's like, he has the most obnoxious, loud-ass laugh. Like, it's like a combination of Titus, but more stupid. Like, it's it's Titus and an idiot mixed together. I mean, yeah, depending on if you like Final Fantasy X or not, you, you, you can just say that he is an idiot already. God damn, is he annoying. Fuck that. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the broom every time he's too fucking loud past 10 o'clock. Because it's like, man, we're just trying to relax. We're just trying to, like, you know, unwind for the fucking night. And you gotta be playing your shitty fucking anime music or you're playing Animal Crossing way too fucking loud and everyone can fucking hear it. It's amazing how, how people can be, you know? It's like they've never lived in an apartment before. I laugh at that because I've never lived in an apartment, but at the same time, it's like... You really should know how walls work and that they're not soundproofed. Unless unless he thinks he soundproofed his room, he did not do a very good job then. Because he did not fucking soundproof that shit. Well, I'm Christopher the Rupal. I'm signing off after bitching about my upstairs neighbor, who was surprisingly quiet this time around. Thank you for joining me, and stay tuned for Volume 8. When it comes out, nobody knows.